the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob right here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you, where we explain why everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong, and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. Ramon, you're the exact opposite. How are you? I am, well, if I'm the exact opposite. Exact. Hmm, let's see. Making more money. So exact opposite me... of everything that makes sense in the world. Oh, well then, yeah, I'm in radio and podcasting. So, sure, that makes sense. Now, we always start with what I like to call the headlines of the day. By the way, welcome to episode 275. Oh, what? 275. 275. <laughs> what? Thank you. People have been listening to this crap. I mean, this uh, quality information. No, but we no. posted 275. Oh, oh, it doesn't posted. necessarily okay, mean okay. anybody's listening. But let's get down to mm. business, as they say, with this little sound effect. Huh? Yeah. Look at that. Paper. Printed on paper. I Headlines like of the day. Yep. Now, uh, we did trivia last week. Uh, it was very trivial last Do week. Do you have any trivia questions today? Uh, no, not today. Yeah, okay. I mean, I should have planned ahead, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mayim Bialik. Do you know who that is? Uh, no, I don't. There's uh, a show called The Big Bang Theory. Have oh, you seen it? I have seen it occasionally. She's the nerd it. girl on the okay. Mayim Bialik. She's also a neuroscientist yep. in real life. She's got life. a big brain. That's got a big I... brain and the host of Jeopardy. That's that's where I really know her from. Yeah. She announced that she's she resigned from Jeopardy. So really? she's leaving the show. Oh, I'm sorry, Mialam. You forgot to phrase your resignation in the form of a question. See, now that's good stuff right there. Huh? Did you write that last night? Uh, that was uh, partly stolen and partly written myself. Thus, comedy. <laughs> it's okay to steal jokes. Steal from the best, they say. Yeah. Did I tell you, the, uh, did I tell you that the uh, president of Boeing is uh, selling his house? No. Sadly, he's doing it on open door. Oh, no. Wow. You wrote that one? I did. You know, the FAA, this is an actual headline, too. The FAA, because of that situation, mm-hmm. there was a, a, evidently a, a minor incident on a plane flight, Alaska Airlines. Uh, they said now you can no longer have the baby on your lap because they're afraid it's going to get sucked out of the plane. Yeah. Now, how many times have we been on a plane and prayed to God that the baby would get sucked out of the plane? Well, Countless it's times. been a couple of times. <laughs> but you know what, though? A hundred times. Uh, if the baby fell out, that one iPhone survived the fall. Maybe the dingo ate your baby. Oh, it's a Seinfeld. I like that. Yeah, thank you. you. Thank you. Okay, that Real was, estate. Uh, Elaine. Yeah, Elaine exact. did that line. Yes. Yeah. Maybe the dingo ate your baby. Okay, let's talk about, oh, you know, we've been talking, you know what we've been talking about? We've been talking about how to work with buyers. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I'm going to switch topics. I'm what? Switch topics, yeah. So, uh, you know, people call expireds uh, in real estate to uh, generate listing appointments. Uh, I had a unique experience in my real estate uh Career, I had, I believe it was six sellers expire before the listing expired. Six sellers. They assumed room temperature prior to the, and all of them closed. What did you do to them? Uh, I was not implicated in any way in any. uh, They were older people. Okay. So, uh, well, that doesn't. uh, Gee whiz! But but people used to say when when Bob has a closing, it's the lid. Exactly. Man. Or listing with Bob is quite an undertaking. You know, these are the kind of <laughs> things that would come out of that. Uh, but they all closed. So uh, the surviving spouse still stuck with me. and uh, D- Despite the fact you killed their spouse? Yeah. So I did business with uh, some, some older people. But uh, uh, one time uh, there was – uh, a lady, I I was uh, uh, sound like Jerry. Lady, I would call the yes, lady. Yes. Yeah, so I called this lady. Her name was Vivian. And, of course, uh, Vivian, of course, it was Vivian. That's a that's an that's older a lady name. That's a lady name. That's an older person. There's no woman. babies being named Vivian. No, no, nobody ever. What's going to happen today? Meet my daughter Gertrude. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. No. What is the What is the most common baby name today? Male or female? Maybe like sunshine or no, some uh, Dakota weed smoking hippie. Yeah, Dakota. They name them after a Dodge product that they don't make anymore. Yeah, that's right. So uh, I called Vivian up, did the uh, fearless agent expired shtick, and she said uh, yes. Uh, I said I specialize in helping people who have had their house for sale but were unsuccessful because their agent didn't do their job. Do you think that was the case for you? She goes, I absolutely do know for a fact my agent did not do their job. So I uh, gave her the uh, value proposition and she said, yes, I would love to meet with you. But we're leaving town to go to uh, for the summer. They were like winter people, winter visitor people, and, and they were leaving to go to um, Bountiful, Utah. Have you been to Bountiful, Utah? No. Oh, it's lovely. Is it Bountiful, though? I believe at one point it was. Now it just looks like uh, strip malls, and you know, but it's lovely. It's right up against the mountains, beautiful mountains. So, uh, she, so I said, okay, uh, when are you coming back? She goes, why don't you call me back in three months? I said, I will do that. So I put in my calendar, calling back. I had a little three-by-five card follow-up system. So I called her back. She didn't answer. I called her in a week. She didn't answer. I left a message. You know, I called her back in a week. She didn't answer. Left a message. Called her back in a week. I continued to do that for three years. <laughs> okay. Had she expired? She finally answered the phone. Oh, so good. no, thankfully. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry. I, I got busy, and I said, really? Busy for three years? You need to loosen up your schedule a little bit. Uh, so anyway, I, I booked the appointment. I said, I forgot why I even called you uh, originally. And I said, I think you had a – she goes, yeah, but we want to talk to you. So I, I, I go over. They live in a um, – uh, I don't want to call it a trailer park. Do you know what a park model is? Park model? Park model no. is a trailer. Okay. With a vaulted ceiling. 
Oh. You know how in the old-timey trailers you have to bend over because they're not all that tall? Yeah. But if this is a trailer with a vaulted ceiling. That's classy, baby. And it's in one of those East Mesa out by Apache Junction, giant old people on giant tricycles and shuffleboard and bocce balls and that whole thing, right? So they live in that. So uh, I go out there. They want to sell that that condo. They still have it. And uh, I I said uh, – you know why are why are you selling it? And she goes, "Oh, you know, it's a pain in the butt. We've had nothing but problems with tenants and agents and everything." And I said, um, "So that's an investment property." I said, "Do you do you own any other investment properties?" And she goes, "Oh yeah, we own like twenty of them." I go, "Really?" And I said, "Well, uh, do you want to sell any of those?" She goes, "Well, we'd love to sell all of them." But we can't afford to pay the capital gains taxes. And I said, let me ask you something. If there was a way um, – I said, why do you want to sell them all? She goes, it's just too much of a pain, you know, managing it and doing it, dealing with the tenants and all that. I said, I said, if there was a way to get rid of the, the whole management thing, uh, get rid of the tenant problems uh, ex- and – and trade those for properties uh, that have a much higher rate of return to you and it wouldn't cost you any money out of pocket at all, would you want to do that? And she said, I would want to do that. I said, have you ever heard of a 1031 tax-free exchange? They said no. Now, keep in mind, they had a realtor when I called her that didn't find out any of this stuff. So I said, okay. So over the next two years, I did 30 closings with these two people. Wow. Uh, and they referred me to other people like their relatives and their kids and, and everything. So it, it was gangbusters, but only because I asked the right question. So um, so part of that, part of that story is I, I'm meeting Bill, her husband, out at one of the properties and um, he was like painting the fence or something crazy. And, they, and these people are, are – I think they were 75 years old then, which seems young to me now. That's funny. But they were, but they were older people and they were they – were, uh, no, or no, they, they were about 80. They were about 80 years old. They were older. So uh, I'm, I'm talking to Bill and I said, uh, hey, Bill, when, when did you buy your first income property? I, I said, what other things have you invested in? He goes, oh, nothing, only real estate. I go, well, no, I mean like mutual funds or 401ks or anything. He goes, no, no. He goes, I have invested in – he goes, I was flat blow, broke when I bought my first rental property, You know, bought a HUD you know, repo, no money down kind of thing. And I said, uh, how old were you when you bought that? And, and he goes, I was 65 years old. So now he's literally a multimillionaire in real estate and he's 80, right? So he's he's done everything wrong. He bought the wrong type of properties in the wrong areas, did everything wrong, but he did it enough that, and it was for, you know real estate's fairly forgiving, but uh so we dramatically increased their rate of return, but it made me think, you know, the the typical investor is 80 years old or 75 years old or 70 years old. They're not 40. They're not 50. You know, people that are 
age 50 are just, you know, getting the last kid out of rehab or, you know, paying paying off the college loans for their kids or something like that. So um, it kind of made me rethink how I how I look at investors. And um, so the uh, I, I went to uh, there's a what's the, what's the guy that does the uh, investment show? What the heck is that guy's name? Radio show investment show. You know who I'm talking about. Like, uh, Dave Ramsey? Dave Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. Dave Ramsey was talking about how uh, I took one of his classes, which I recommend. He gives horrible advice on real estate, but everything else I recommend. But he, he was talking about inflation over the past 70 years at the time I took that. This is pre-Joe Biden. But uh, the, over the past 70 years, inflation had uh, was at 4.2% on average. And then you, you always see, if you watch Fox News especially, you always see uh, people hawking gold and uh, stuff like that. But gold over the past 70 years has also averaged 4.2%, which means it's a hedge against inflation. But the problem is you have to pay taxes on on the increase of the, of the gold. So uh, you're getting about you need a 6% annual rate of return just to keep up with the inflation. So uh, – and then he, he was talking about other things like day trading. You know, that that has somewhat fallen out of favor. But he, he was talking about how 88% of the people who do day trading lose money. 70% of them lose all of it. So real estate is a pretty safe, um, pretty safe bet if you don't make major mistakes. So the fearless agent – investor presentation kind of kind of came about this way i was um in my in my farm area i had a, a 5000 homes that i would door knock mail call and and do all that stuff too and um this is before triple line dialers and all that i was dialing people with with my phone and and people would have in, investor type questions that i would not know the answer to so um, I I tell my partner, I said I'm going to uh, I'm going to become the guru of investing in real estate. I'm going to learn all there is to know about investing in real estate. So I read all these books, I go to all these seminars, and it was always the cash on cash return, the gross rent multiplier, the uh, uh, the uh, financial management rate of return, all these different rates of return, and. And I realized that all of this stuff is just formulas that I would use to talk somebody into buying a thing that I would never buy myself. So I kind of got turned off, on, and especially the seminars were extremely scammy. So I, um, I just kind of put that idea on the, on the side, and then my buddy Fritz uh, calls me up and he says, hey, there's this um, investor seminar thing. Uh, let's go to it. And I go, okay, you know, so we go to it. And it's this old guy and he's written some little self-published book and he is a financial planner and, but he is a fee for service financial planner and he only recommends real estate. So most financial planners are always trying to sell you an annuity or life insurance or something. They're mostly life insurance salespeople, but, um, but he was different and what he outlined made sense and I and he was explaining what I already knew to be true in a way that 
that I could explain it to other people. I said, that's that's what I'm talking about. So I decided I was going to make a uh, presentation because I look at the whole world with a presentation lens and and uh, so that's how that's how that came about. So I create the fearless agent investor presentation and uh, it's really the opposite of uh, some other things you see out there. So one of the the there's big lies that you hear from if you go to investment clubs, real estate investment clubs, real estate investment seminars, you you go on Facebook groups about real estate investment, and you're gonna you're gonna hear these big lies. And uh, so I would go to these, and I would hear these things. So one of them I would hear is, you want to invest in the path of growth. So um, you know, out on the outskirts of town. And it kind of makes sense when you when you think about it. For example, uh, dairy farms. Uh, here's a little thing: dairy farms. You see dairy farms. Where where's the nearest dairy farm? Uh, probably out west in the West Valley, w- far west or far east. Yeah, yeah. So when I was born at Thirty Second Street in McDowell, there was a dairy at the Cruff Dairy was at 38th Street wow. in McDowell, I think, or maybe 40th Street, which was the outskirt of, outskirts of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was talking to a dairy farmer, and he said, dairy farms, he goes, we, you, don't, you don't make any money on selling milk or cows. He goes, you make the money on the real estate. You buy land dirt cheap way out in the outskirts of town. Then you, the cows just pay the rent. And you sell the milk to pay the rent, and then years later, the city grows up to it, and that land is worth a lot more money, and that's the thing. So that that kind of you know makes sense. That on you know that you make money in the path of growth. Uh, newer is better than older. New homes better than older. So write this down: path of growth. Newer is better than older. Uh, what is the other lies that you hear? The other thing that um, agents always do is an agent who's working with an investor is always going to recommend that the investor invests in the part of town that the agent lives in because the agent, of course, is the center of the universe uh, or in the part of town where the agent has invested and the agent just accidentally bought a condo or something like that. So uh, – but there's these – you know, newer is better than older. Um, so, anyway, that's that's part of the that's part of the part of the big lies that are out there. The other thing is, uh, and and it's not about you. Like where I live, is it possible that I happen to live in the part of town? I actually grew up in the part of the town. I don't live there now. An example is the neighborhood I live in now would be a much worse investment. It would still be a good investment, but the the neighborhood that's uh, cheaper and crappier and older that I moved out of would be a much higher rate of return. But again, it isn't about me. So find out what part of town gives you the highest rate of return, and that's that's going to be proof it's not about you. And if you happen to live there, fine. And then the third, the next thing is don't be a commodity. You know, like you'd go to a party and you meet somebody and they say, oh, uh, I'm a real estate uh, – what do you do? You know, oh, I'm a real estate investor. 
and you, and you say, I'm a real estate agent. I would love to work with you. And they go, yeah, you know, we'll talk sometime and maybe you could be one of the guys I work with. And you're just, just a commodity because you're like everybody else. So uh, we talked about the the three ways to get people to meet you in the office. And in a past episode, one of them was the special house technique. Number two was the I don't work with buyers technique. And the three was the owner-occupant versus investor technique. So um, I, I think I told the story about uh, I had a guy call call up and it was in a small neighborhood with small homes built in 1953, one bath, 900 square foot entry-level homes. So I kind of thought maybe he was an investor. So I, I said, uh, like, investors are not going to invest in luxury homes and they're going to buy the crap. So I said, uh, are you looking for a house to actually live in or are you an investor who wants to get rich by investing in real estate? He said, no, I'm looking for a house to actually live in. He goes, but I thought about investing in real estate. So I thought, I thought I'll tell you what. I have a philosophy of investing in real estate that I think you'd like to see. And, um, you know, I don't have anything to sell you. Uh, you can leave your checkbook at home. But at the end of it, you'll say that is either what I want to do or I don't. You probably will want to do it. And then my hope, of course, is that if you want to do it, you'd want to do it with me. So he agrees. He comes in. I give him the investor presentation. Now, he's a young guy. He's broke. Uh, he's an FHA home buyer. But he he knew I knew more about real estate after seeing that than any other agent he would ever deal with. He did buy a house through me, and he referred his dad to me and other people to me. So that, that's how that worked. So um, – you know, I had the fearless agent investor presentation, and then that became a little cottage industry. And I think at the end of my real estate career, I'd say probably about sixty percent of the business that I did was originally generated from that uh, situation. Um, so I, there was a guy in my uh, uh, farm area. I cold called him. And I said, I was just calling to see if you're thinking of selling your house. He goes, well, actually, I'm a real estate agent. I go, really? I didn't recognize your name. He goes, well, I do commercial real estate only. And I, and I said, he goes, I do have a house I want to sell, but it's a, a rental. And, you know, I'm going to list it myself. And I said, you know what? I have an investor philosophy that I would love to see just to get your opinion on. Would you, would you like to see that? So I meet with him. Jim is his name. And uh, at the end of that, he goes, you know what? He goes, I don't, I don't need to be screwing around with residential. He goes, I'm going to have you list and sell my rental property. So I do a couple of transactions with him. And, uh, and then he became the guy I would refer all my commercial stuff to. So you never know what's going to happen. So if you have a killer listing presentation – if you have a killer pricing presentation, a buyer pre for sale by owner presentation, which we teach you, a buyer presentation and an investor presentation, then you're never going to be in any face-to-face -face meeting where you don't have the exact right words to say. So that's the goal. So if you have a better product to sell when you're a, a completely competent, you know, very professional real estate professional – 
And uh, you're never going to be in a situation where you don't have the exact right words to say. That's going to make you feel more confident. And your buyers and sellers and investors are going to have a much better outcome. So, uh, so secret one of the secret number one working with buyers is to get the buyers to meet you in the office. So I would get the the buyers to meet me in the office when they were investor buyers. I'd give them the investor presentation, and then at the end of that. Um, after asking them the right questions and everything, I would know whether I could help them if they were arguing with me or you know i'm I'm showing them the way to get the highest rate of return, and occasionally people have crazy ideas of their own, but more often than not, they would say yeah that's that's what I want to do and then I'd say, you know, and then of course, my hope is that you'd want to do it with me, and they'd say, "No, no, you're the guy, you understand it." And many times I'm telling them what they already know to be true, uh, but I, I'm explaining it to them in a way that they never thought about. So if they're already doing it correctly, I'm in, you know endorsing that. They want to do more of it. So um, that's how the investor presentation came about. By the way, if any of the stuff – we need a shameless plug, don't we? Time for Bob Leffler's Shameless If any of the stuff we talk about here on the big podcast makes sense to you and you happen to be earning less selling real estate than you wish you were and you're open to the idea of having some help, I want you to go to fearlessagent.com. In the top banner on the right-hand side, click on the free webinar. Watch that. Uh, That will help you. Take notes. You can call me anytime after that at 480-385-8810. That's my cell phone. Phone. I'll probably answer. And let's just see if what you're trying to do in your real estate career and what if what we do at Fearless Agent, if that would be a good fit for you. So again, 480-385-8810, toll free day or night. And um, if you are a real estate company owner and you happen to be recruiting fewer producing agents than you wish you were and you're open to the idea of having some help with that, go to fearlessagentrecruiting.com, watch that video and then give me a call, and uh, I'll do a complimentary recruiting coaching call with you. I guarantee you, you will be very glad you did that call. No sales uh, close at the end. I'm just calling to see if what we do would be a good fit for you to help you with recruiting. Uh, same with the realtors. No, no, uh, I'm not going to be closing you at the end. It's risk-free. But if it is a good fit, you you can always sign up at my at my. Uh, website at fearlessagent.com. You can sign up for coaching there. Um, So the investor presentation, uh, I call it the seven secrets to successful investing. And and then we have a little preview of coming attractions to begin with. So, uh, you know, when they would come into the office, I'd say, well, first of all, I want to thank you very much for meeting with me today. And I want to let you know, uh, you know, it's not my goal to sell you a rental property or anything like that or, or anything, but really just to show you how I do business completely differently than all other agents that work with investors. And one of the ways I'm different is I just take everything one step at a time. And really the first step is I just want to ask you some questions. Uh, uh, I'll give you my philosophy of investing uh, at the end of that, you'll have all the information to decide whether this is right for you. I will give you actual real-life examples of that. 
and then you can decide again if this is something you want to do. And of course, if you want to do it, and you probably will, uh, my hope is that you would want to do it with me, of course. But um, so the first thing I want to do is just ask you some questions. So the questions are designed in a certain way um, to find out uh, what they're doing now. So I, I, I would the first question is, have you had any investment real estate experience before? That would be any kind of property that you don't live in. So it would be rental property, uh, land, um, um, anything, you know. So uh, find out what, they, what they've done in the past. Part of the reason for that question is I want to find out if they've had any disaster stories. So if they if they have had a disaster story, I don't want to say, "Oh, you shouldn't have done that," or any, I'm not going to respond to it. I just want to hear hear them say it. Let them vent. So, what kind of real estate investments do you have now? So, some people don't have any. Some people uh, have land. So, what I'm looking for is, do they have something that's bad? that's giving them a low rate of return that they should exchange for something that's going to give them a much higher rate of return. Uh, what is your annual rate of return on that property? Now, they never know the answer to that. Uh, do you know how to quickly cal- calculate your annual rate of return? They never know how to do that. I say, well, we, we can do that. Uh, what is the highest annual rate of return you're currently getting on your non-real estate investments, you know, year in and year out. So that's mutual funds, you know, 401k, whatever. Uh, So usually that's fairly low. Uh, How long have you owned your personal house that you live in? So what I want to know, I'm hoping they're going to say, oh, we've owned it for, um, you know, 15 or 20 years. If they haven't, I'd say, did you own a home before that one? Go back to a house that's 20 years ago or more that they know the numbers on, like they know what they paid for it and what year they paid that. So I need a long history, not three years, not five years, uh, not even 10. I want a I 20-year track record of some property that they do know about, in other words, or even their parents' home. Um, so uh, how long have you owned your personal home? What did you pay for it? What year was that? How much did you put down? What do you think fair market value for that house would be today? Those are the questions to ask. So with all that information, I'm going to be able to calculate what was the rate of return on that property. And then when the and then I would say, and it would be astronomically high, it'd probably be 40 to 60% annual rate of return. And then I'd say, how many of those do you wish you had bought in, you know, 1990 or 1988 or something like that? And they would say all of them. So you don't sell people on doing something. Uh, it's easier to sell people on doing something that they've already done successfully and they didn't realize how successful it was. But that's how people get rich in real estate. Uh, but it's easier to sell them on doing something they've already done. So that's the purpose of that question. Uh, does negative cash flow concern you? A real investor 
is going to say no. Uh, if you know what dollar cost averaging is, that's where you buy a mutual fund and every month you invest $1,000 into that mutual fund. Some months you're buying more shares than other months because of the price has gone up or down, but that's called dollar cost averaging. So that's 100% negative cash flow, okay? There's no money coming in. Um, so a real investor is not going to say, uh, oh, yeah, negative cash flow scares me. A, a rich person who's an investor, no, they're not afraid of negative cash flow. So that's kind of a uh, a way to know that this person is not cut out for real estate. How much negative cash flow would be too much? There's a limit. You know, Bill Gates, uh, Elon Musk, they could stand quite a bit of negative cash flow on a real estate investment. Uh, but a real investor only cares about one thing, and that is rate of return, okay? So just as an example, just draw two stick figure houses, okay? Right next to each other, I'm doing it, okay? Uh, the one on the left has 5% annual rate of return, right 5% in the body of the house. The one on the right has... 40% annual rate of return, okay? Which of those two would you rather have as a rental property? And the answer is everybody picks 40%, right? What if what if the 40% rate of return house has a, a lot of negative cash flow and the 5% rate of return house has a lot of positive cash flow? Which would probably be the case. Now, if the person says, oh, I want the 5% rate of return, you know they're not cut out for real estate investing. Positive cash flow is death in real estate investing. So uh, for a, a real investor knows that 40% annual rate of return beats 5% no matter what else is going on. So they only care about the annual rate of return. They're not going to care about cash flow. So if somebody says, I want a positive cash flow, that's kind of an indicator they're not cut out for real estate investing. Um, and again, too much negative cash flow. That there is a limit to that. What is the maximum amount of available cash you would consider investing now if you found the perfect uh, rental property, let's say? See what they say. And where is that cash located now? It could be tied up in land that they own that no sane person should ever invest in land. It could be tied up in a fourplex, duplex, you know, um, something like that that would be a disaster. So that, that, would, that would be an example of lots of positive cash flow and very low rate of return. Uh, so I want to know if they need to sell something to get that cash out. Um, and then is there anything at all that about this idea of buying a rental property that scares you even a little? And I want to hear their story that they heard or the story that happened to them about the tenant from hell and the nightmare and the, you know, the tenant that lived there and didn't pay rent and all that, all that kind of stuff. I wanted to let them get it out and I'm not going to respond to it. I just want to hear them say it and let them vent because everything is built into the presentation. I don't need to be overcoming objections or, or anything 
like that. So then I want to take – I said let's go back and talk about your personal residence, OK? So they paid – let's say let's say they've owned it for 20, 20 years, OK? So let's say they paid 350000 So write that down. That was 20 years ago and today it's uh, worth 800000 Okay, that would not be an uncommon story in many parts of America where you're listening. That may be true. So their total gain was four hundred and fifty thousand. Then it's twenty years, so their annual gain was twenty two thousand. So let's pretend that that was not their personal residence, but it was they had bought it as a rental. And let's say they wanted to get a break even cash flow when they bought it. And by putting 30% down, that would achieve that, okay? So that would be 100000 they would have put down 30 years ago – excuse me, 20 years ago on the $350,000 house. Um, the question is what percent of the down payment, the 100000 is the annual gain, which is 22000 so the that's easy. It's 22% annual rate of return. But in addition to that, you have the tenant paying down over the, the 20 years, you have the tenant paying down the loan. And so that's called equity buildup. And then also the uh, IRS gives you a tax benefit for owning uh, a rental property. So you get the tax benefit of, of being an investor from the IRS. So you're going to pay less in taxes because you're a real estate investor. And when you consider the equity buildup and the tax benefits, that's about a built-in 15%. So you add that to the 22% and you've got 37%, which is almost 40% annual rate of return. Now, that's Bigger in the early years than it is the later years. So when that rate of return goes down, you have more positive cash flow, which proves that more positive cash flow equals a lower rate of return. And then you would do a 1031 tax-free exchange. And when it's paid off, let's say, then you would buy three more at at today's price of 800000 So today you've got an $800,000 uh, house, rental property. Excuse me, I'm doing math. Let's do math on the air. Math, math is so much fun, so much fun for everyone. Math. Yeah, math. So you take 250000 down payment on three $800,000 houses. So what, what happens is you take and then someday, maybe in another 20 years, those will be paid off. So you've got three $800,000 houses paid off. So let's just do more math. 800,000 times three. I should be able to do that in my head. That's 2,400,000. So I turned $100,000 into 2,400,000. That's, that's, that's how you get rich in real estate. And then you do it again and you just keep doing that. And, uh, that's the secret. So when you can explain that, you know, so now you've you got a 
40% annual rate of return. Now, they just told me they were getting 15% on their mutual fund, right, or their 401k. And I said, so you ended up on your personal residence, you got a um, almost a 40% annual rate of return. So the question is, how many of those do you wish you had bought 20 years ago? And the answer is all of them. So that's what sells them on doing business with you today. It's what they've already done. Now, I'm going to go through the presentation. I'm going to tell them which part of town is going to get, a, get them an even higher rate of return. And they're much more likely to do business with me and to do what I tell them to do when I'm the guy who showed them their astronomically high rate of return on the house they, they're living in that they never even thought about. So that's that really is the secret to this. So, so the 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 goal is to get rich slowly. Okay. Now, the truth is, if you're getting a forty to sixty percent minimum annual rate of return, uh, are you getting rich slowly? No, you're actually getting rich quickly. But when I say getting rich slowly, but for sure, is the goal. Uh, Let's put it this way. If I went to uh, uh, a hotel and I was going to rent two meeting rooms out and I was going to advertise two uh, – if you, if you go to a hotel and you see two rooms, one, one on the, one side of the aisle and the other side of the hall is the other one, and one says, get rich quick, high risk, high return real estate. And the other side of the hall, it says, get rich slow, but for sure, real estate seminar. Which room will be packed? Oh, it'll be the, it'll be the high risk, high return. You might go broke, but you might get rich. And if you don't believe me, uh, there, there's a casino. And we could go to that casino at 2 in the morning, and it would be packed. The parking lot will be packed with people who will be broke at the end of their life because they fall for that thing. So this is – now, the reason I'm saying this story to the investor is I don't want them to think for one minute that this is something that is not just common sense. All of, the, all of what I'm teaching is common sense. Uh, any, they've already done it. Again, I already showed them they've done it. So I'm not asking them to do anything they haven't already done. So I'm going to – next week when we come back – or in an upcoming week, we'll talk about more about real estate investing. And I want to thank all of you today for joining us today. Again, please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. You can call me directly at 480-385-8810. If you're a real estate company owner and you happen to be recruiting fewer producing agents than you wish you were, go to fearlessagentrecruiting.com. Watch that video. And then give me a call and we'll do a complimentary coaching call with you too. Please do give us a five-star review of this podcast on whatever platform you're on. Subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Also, subscribe to fearlessagent.tv. And until next week, do what we always do. Three things. Have fun. Stay humble. Most of all, be fearless. Thanks, gang.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.